Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. Oh, and Andy Jacobs. Yes, and oh, and Andy Jacobs, yes. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. We talked art, didn't we? We did. Uh, but football art, sporting art, L.S. Lowry, the painting um, which is owned uh, owned at the moment by the uh, Professional Footballers Association, is going under the hammer. I wanted to do the whole interview as Melvin Bragg, but I resisted. Yeah, well, when you, often when you get your hay fever, you sound like him anyway. <laughs> Um, who else did we talk to today? Oh, we uh, we had a chat with the manager, Glen Arvin. He fielded the youngest player in uh, UK football history yesterday uh, yeah. over in Northern Ireland for his team. He'll tell us uh, more about that. And what else did we do? I look at the... Of course. What were we going to do? Oh, we had a chat. We had we something else in the yeah. show as well, didn't we? There yeah, was... Yeah. Well, look, hang on. Look. The, the, we'll let the there. producer make the selection and it'll all be there and you're, you're here now you might as well listen so here it all is good afternoon everyone good afternoon Andy yes. and you said to me if you're looking for a bit more Champions League football tonight the Barcelona buying game is high quality and I said no thanks I've had my fill of Champions <laughs> League this evening I did no, no. keep an eye on the goals show and an ear out for Adrian but um, yeah I'd seen quite enough uh, really um, it's interesting we have a little group a little group of us a little WhatsApp group of the all of us who sit together at, uh, at Spurs and uh, my immediate reaction after the game was might not be a bad thing in the long run Showed a few up tonight as we were getting away with it. Could be a bit of a reality check. And it was interesting to hear Hugo Lloris say the same thing because mm. I've been coming in every day after a game when we talked to Danny Kelly on a Monday and saying, yeah, we weren't very good again. We just got away with it. And in the end, that I've been saying on the show, your luck's going to run out in mm. the end. And it, it did last night. It did look like they were going to get a point. I watched the last 15 minutes. Yeah, and they it, it didn't look like a thriller, but it was a great save from Lloris. And uh, and then from the corner, we saw what happened. And uh, oh, no, It was a very good head in. It was it a very was. good goal, but yeah. um, they didn't really create enough. It was, I mean, Sonny again was just just an empty shirt and I don't quite know what's something gone on there. there yeah something going on there and, and it does seem very odd that you have you, you build uh, a much deeper squad uh, and you know it's always the end of the game a few of them didn't look quite tired and you don't use it it's, you know it's probably no coincidence that two sporting goals came from substitutes fresh legs on the pitch and fresh minds mm. uh, and even with a break at the the, the weekend you know, the fact that some of the players looked a bit leggy was a bit of a shock and I look at someone like Eve Basuma, he's such a good player. I thought he'd come in, I thought mm. he'd get game time, but he, 
He's not had a chance to get any rhythm. Obviously, he doesn't fancy Jed Spence at the moment. These guys are not getting a look in. Even Doherty, who, who he trusted before yeah. the injury. Is so, he fit? Yeah, yeah he's mm, absolutely okay. fit. Yeah, yeah he he's there him, on the he? bench. Um, yeah. it, it's it's very odd, really, that he's, that he's not using the bench a little bit more. But I'm not going to overreact because it's one defeat since April. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I know the, the, the <laughs> debate on breakfast with our Spurs, Spursy again. Well, they haven't lost oh, since April. I thought April. that was ridiculous. They haven't lost People since April. April. So let's uh, let's not all get anyone too can lose away. a game like that in the in the last yeah. ten minutes. So I did watch the. Uh, I started off actually. I, I thought, well, I, I fancy both games, so I actually did a strict five minutes on each. So five mm. minutes on the Liverpool game, five minutes on the Bayern. But it really that's caught. the way to destine to, just to caught, miss every goal. It, yeah, of course, yeah. it caught my attention though. It held my attention. It was the first half hour was electric. It was mm. tremendous. But it's really odd watching Barca with Kunde, Rafinha, Alonso, and Christians. I felt a bit like. Jim Byrne, here's what you could have won. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, you've you got your new man in charge tonight. We're going to have a chat mm. with Nick Schapanik, who's a big Brighton fan, author and journalist, and he knows the way that Graham Potter likes to approach things. So we'll get his take on it. Mm. But you, how are you feeling about this tonight? Well, you know, I think it'll be. Oh, I really wish I could. Had got a ticket, and right. you know. I told you on Monday, I couldn't I work the website. Could you manage to get it worked out for the next yeah. two Champions League games? Yeah, I, I think. Look, you can't expect too much. He's only had a few training sessions. The team structurally has problems. The squad has problems. It's got. It's not mm. balanced enough, and nothing he does. You know, they're they're capable of playing well, though. We've seen that in games. You know, so a lot of it his desire so much about I mean you saw Bayern in the first half last night they, they were poor but mm. if, if, if Barca had been 2 nil up you wouldn't have said anything and yet second half they came out and showed desire showed running and you know put a lot into it and of course it made a difference there's so much about them and there's not much between any of these teams it makes a difference Yeah, I did think of the Ajax player though Urien Timber I was thinking what, what do you say when you hack him down yeah that's uh, <laughs> hack him down hack him. he's a good player oh, tremendous yeah, player yeah, yeah. yeah very much so and uh, yeah so it was a strange turnaround but uh, in the Liverpool game yeah, I think Liverpool deserved to win but Daly yeah. Blint I mean God Golly, he should have scored that header. It was virtually an open goal. I mm. mean, he, he knew he should have scored. And uh, you could see the relief from Klopp. I mean, yeah. they, they needed that in a big way. Absolutely. But it would. it's a shame the game's off this weekend because I think it would have been a good time to play Liverpool in a way. So You really? Yeah. I mean, they're back? I mean, the, the consensus with Danny and everybody else is they're back. Oh, no. I, I think it was far too early. That game could easily have finished 2-2. Two, two. Mm. I mean, it was... They didn't create a lot, though, Ajax, didn't no, they? No, but... I mean, they, they one shot on target and scored from yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. It was a tremendous finish. It was yeah. a devastating finish from Kudos. We were chatting... Fair play to him. I don't know what you could give him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you can give him. We were chatting about him yesterday to Marcel van der Kron because he scored a great goal against the mm. uh, Rangers last week as well. He looks decent. So he he does. Garner, not a massive surprise, but Garner got a really good squad going yeah. into the World oh, Cup. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, it's and a good. pretty, a, a decent group to get out of. We were looking at the group yesterday, and uh, you know they could come through that definitely. It's uh, yeah, it, it's, it's so this these two fixtures that we've lost now for Chelsea and lots of other clubs have lost yeah. two fixtures. It's, it's going to be hard to make it up before the World Cup, <clears throat> and so the table's going to look a bit odd going into the World Cup. Mm. Certain teams will have played certain teams, you know, good teams, but some teams won't have played a lot of their rivals, and yeah. so. It really, it's only going to unfold after the World Cup. It's, it's a, you know, it's, we have to accept well, it was two disrupted. of the clubs. Two of the clubs vying for top four would have played mm. City, us last weekend, mm. and Arsenal. Yeah, but that's been replaced with the PSV game. So, so you'd imagine though that won't yeah, be played so until affects, after the World Cup. It definitely affects the the, yeah. the whole look of the table and mm. everything. So, but look, there's nothing to be done. What can you do? It's the way it is. 
So you're not nervous tonight then, Andy? You're, 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 the well, Potter the, era, what are you expecting? Well, I expect eventually for it to be good. I think Chelsea have got good players mm. and, you know, but they, they, it's so much about mentally how they accept the coach, mentally how much they put into it. If they do that... They, What's the word? Have you been hearing a few whispers about how he's been... Only Jorginho. I mean, players always say, oh, he's great, the new manager. Really they always enjoy. say that, didn't they? Yeah, and they always say, I'm sorry, the old manager <coughs> lost his job. You think, well, why didn't you put more of an effort in when he was here? Did he? I mean, apparently it's been a lot of laughter. At the training well, ground. It's always good, isn't it? You know, a lot but, of laughter in the dressing room after training. Well, Maybe he's gone in there and just hope, done 10 minutes. <laughs> let's hope there's a lot of laughter tonight. Hello, mate. What's your name? Uh, N'Golo. What do you do, mate? Oh, I'm a footballer. Yeah. What about you, mate? Yeah, Georgine. What do you do? I'm a footballer. Yeah, yeah it's a, a, not, a, not a rich scene, this, is it, really? I think no, we, may, really, we may struggle with this. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Now, as you were hearing, the national anthem uh, will be sung in a minute's uh, silence observed at all the Premier League games this weekend. Last night in the Championship EFL National League, football fans had their chance to uh, pay their respects mm. to Her Majesty the Queen um, at the Preston North End Burnley game on the completion of the minute silence. Uh, our fine tenor Russell Watson uh, struck up, uh, God Save the King, and uh, we'll play that for you now. God save Good afternoon, Russell. Good afternoon. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was some night last night? Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, you were never going to be left to sing it alone, but uh, they they got behind you, the crowd, didn't they? Oh, it was amazing, and the one minute silence as well, brilliantly observed, and then straight into "God Save the King." Um, yeah. I mean, I I, <clears throat> I don't generally get nervous. I've done so many huge sporting events over the over the years from the Champions League final at the New Camp Stadium to the Commonwealth Games but I was a, I was feeling it a, a little bit last night I was feeling it a little bit but not least of all because I've been singing God Save the Queen of course, for yeah. such a long time mm. and even in in rehearsal I did it in rehearsal and you know, it was God save our gracious king long live our noble king God save the king and then I, I Send her victorious. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's so it's so easily done. But, mm, sure. uh, thankfully, the focus was was there, and uh, I got it right. It would have been yeah. quite embarrassing. I, mean, I suppose it's very different from singing on a stage, isn't it? Because people are there to hear you sing. But when you're in that situation, and it's you know, people will join in, and it's it's obviously yeah. a completely different feeling. I would guess it's a totally different feeling altogether singing in a stadium because. I mean, when I was doing the rehearsal in the afternoon, the thing is when there's nobody in, it's even more echo, it's even more resonant in the stadium. I was singing in the afternoon and it's it's weird because I'm singing, I, I didn't have any monitors or anything, I just had the microphone mm. and as I'm singing, I'm literally hearing my voice about a second and a half later. Oh. So it's the strangest feeling because you're getting the bounce back from the, the speakers and it takes about a second or so to get back to your ears. 
but it's a weird feeling because you feel like you're sort of I don't know behind it. <laughs> I saw you on with uh, Steph McGovern actually. My wife had taped it and we were watching it, and uh, you were talking about the the Royal Variety Show and meeting Her Majesty. Yeah. Some lovely photos of you there as well. Great memories for you. Yeah, magical memories, and that would that would have been back in two thousand and one. So that was my first ever performance and meeting with her, and obviously since then I've performed in front of her. Goodness me, it's well into double figures um for various different things from you know the royal variety show to the remembrance festival um just so many different occasions where i've had the pleasure of singing uh the the um the 60th anniversary as well where i did three concerts um the basically in the the, the rear end of uh, buckingham palace mm-hmm. and there's there's always that it doesn't matter how many times you sing for the queen there's always that sense of trepidation <laughs> this is the one person I really don't want to mess it up in front of. Mm. <laughs> and have you met have you met the king as well? Yeah, I, well, I've I've met the king on quite a few occasions because I'm an ambassador. I'm not sure whether they're going to call it the King's Trust now, but I'm I've been an ambassador for a very long time for the Prince's Trust. Mm. Um and so yeah, I mean, I've met him on a, a quite a few occasions. He's a he's a gentleman. Uh, now, um, you are a big Manchester United fan and um, they're in action again tomorrow. How are you feeling about life? Are you feeling a bit more optimistic than you did a few weeks ago? A little a little bit more optimistic. It's funny, isn't it? Because I've kind of, along the way, I've inherited another two clubs that I, I follow avidly as well now, Preston being one, because, I mean, I started following Preston back in 99 when, when I sang there for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the season I think they got promoted. Um, so Preston are one of my teams, and also my wife um, is from Upstoke, Upstoke, and the whole family. It's, it's the biggest family I've ever ever known in my life. It's about <laughs> two thousand of them, and they're all massive Stoke fans. They go every week, so I've kind of inherited Stoke City as well. But yeah, my my first team, obviously Manchester United, and yeah, I mean it's starting to look better. I I think the one thing that that um, that he's doing there, that Ten Hag's doing is he's actually not taking any messing. I think he's the first manager that's actually gone into the club and said, right, if you mess around, I don't care whether you're Ronaldo, I don't care whether you're Pogba, whoever you are, you're you're out of the club or you're on the bench. And he's, I mean, he's the first person that had the bottle to drop Maguire onto the bench as well, which I thought was a, a massive statement because Maguire hadn't really been playing the best football um, and he'd been, he, he was going out every week. The defence all of a sudden looks like it's firmed up. Um, and we're just all round looking, I don't know, a little bit more sparky. I think Martinez has brought a bit of spark to the club as well. And it's all of a sudden looking a little bit better. It's long overdue. Sure, yeah. I think you're right about Ten Hag. I was at the Brentford game, which was such a disaster and looked bad. And the way yeah. he got them in the next day and made them run that specific amount that they had been outrun by uh, about 13k. He yeah. got criticised for it, but I thought it was, it was quite a cute thing right to do thing as well, do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you, you you know what? It doesn't it, it doesn't matter what you do. It, it, in this world now, with social media and the intervention of social media and everything, everybody's got a voice. So it doesn't matter whether you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. You're going to get criticised. Yeah. He's going to get criticised for everything he does. Even if he even if we win every game to the end of the season, there's still going to be people criticising. 
because there, there's always for, for every positive there's always a negative in this world but the one thing that i think that he's done that is is absolutely fantastic is he's slowly slowly getting the respect of the players and he's getting them on side and no one's done that since ferguson even jose Mourinho, who i thought was a fantastic manager came into old trafford and really struggled to get those players on his side and ten hags come in and you can tell he's 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 kind of like He's got that look, the silent assassin look about him. Mm. He seem, he just seems very calm, but you can tell when he's back in that dressing room, I bet there's zero calmness about him. <laughs> and finally, Russell, you're <laughs> on right. tour uh, from yeah, uh, good. November the 13th with uh, Ali Jones. You're around the country. And uh, you're going to be on the 29th of November. That's the night England play Wales in the World Cup. And you two will be on stage together at the Adelphi in London. That. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. So that'll be interesting. As soon as, as soon as as soon as I found out that I didn't know, for some reason I was one of the only people on the planet that didn't know the World Cup was being up until about, you know, a couple of months ago. Mm. I was like, why are they doing it during that period? I'm on tour. I'm gonna miss all the games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we're we're gonna be uh, it's, it's it's basically mine and Alid's uh we're releasing a Christmas album this year and and doing a tour together. But yeah, I'm sure wherever we go, we'll we'll have our uh, our iPads and we'll be you know watching sneakily backstage while we're on stage singing have yourself a merry little christmas come yeah. on england yes well, that's, of course england beat wales or vice versa one yeah. of you's going to be a bit downcast in the second well, half the of the show see, I'm I'm a big big advocate for the home nation so I'm going to be rooting for you know all the nations um it's 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 a great thing that you know it does us wales of of Scotland made no, it as well. Sadly, sadly not. No, no, no that's sadly. just that's, sort that, point there. Yes, that's it. <laughs> rubbing it in. Yeah, when no, you go no, to the I'm, Glasgow Royal Console, say don't say good I'm, luck in the F, in the World Cup. <laughs> I'd love to have seen Scotland yeah. there because again, you know, Watson, we've got a lot of Scottish heritage as well, so it'd have been fantastic to see them yeah. there as well. But it's great to see Wales there. I mean, it, it really is, and uh, yeah. I think it's going to be a. I think it'd be an interesting. I'm, I'm excited about yeah, it. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, look, good luck with the tour, Russell. Thanks, and uh, Russell. well done last night. Good mm. to talk to you. Thanks very much. Oh, it's a play. It's such a buzz. And I just want to say before before I do go, after after I'd done the performance, I was walking. I had to walk all around the pitch side, and I got the most incredible ovation. I actually had tears in my eyes because as I was walking around, people were standing up, applauding me, the whole stadium, and it was just so super. Super highly emotional. It was just a, a wonderful night last night. It really was. Fantastic. Both sets, yeah. both sets of supporters. Well Amazing. done, the Preston and Burnley fans. Cheers, Russell. All the Cheers, best, Russell. Pleasure. Thanks, guys. That's Russell Watson there. Thanks to him. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. British football history made yesterday in, uh, in Northern Ireland in the League Cup when 13-year-old uh, Christopher Atherton turned out for Glen Arvin. Uh, 13 years and 329 days. Came on as a sub and made quite the impact. Uh, joining us now is the Glen Arvin manager, Gary Hamilton. Hi, Gary. Hello. Well, had a, it's had an awful lot of focus, this story today. Um, uh, um, but I suppose, it, look, you could kind of expect it because it is quite a story. I mean, you obviously felt he was ready. What, what made you give him the chance last night? Yeah, he's a he's a talented young kid. You know, he's a special talent that we've had at the academy from his four years of age, five years of age, and um, he also happens to play in the same team as my son. So he's somebody that I've actually seen probably more regularly than a lot of them. So 
but he's always been talented and you know from a young age he's attracted um, interest from clubs all across channel and that and you know I've just watched him develop year in year out and he just keeps getting better and better but he's got a great attitude as well and he's got a great desire to work and work ethic off the pitch as well on his own and and it all leads him to be the, the, the player he is I mean, physically, he must be strong because I think at any level of football, putting a 13-year-old with men, he's going to need to be strong. Yeah, well, listen, it's probably more to do with his ability. Um, he, he finds space very well and, and he probably keeps himself out of physical battles quite well on the pitch as well, even at his own age group, you know, because even though he's he's only 13, he plays against 15 and 16-year-old kids regularly who... Some of them are six foot plus as well and built like men, and you know. But he always he always manages with his ability and his awareness to, to find pockets and to find gaps, and he moves the ball quickly as well. It, it doesn't allow people to, to get kicking at him much. But you know, I do watch him quite regularly at his own age groups as well, and you know, people are kicking him all the time, and he and he just gets up and gets on with it. You know, he's he's a he's a great kid, and 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 one I really really look forward to watching when he's playing and mm. I look forward to working with him when he comes to training because he always wants to learn Looking at some of the pictures from uh, last night Gary there, it looks like a quite young side uh, that was out there even in the opposition So, but were there any grizzled old veterans in their 30s playing in the match? Yeah there was yeah 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 there was a mixture <laughs> of experienced and young players and that so there was and you know, obviously in our own team, we have a couple of ex-internationals and stuff and boys that have played across the water. So, you know, they were there to look out for him as well and look after him. And, you know, it's the same in training. He trains with the first team and that. And the, the first team players look out for him. And as I say, he's, he's, you know, I wouldn't do it with any kid, you know, but yeah. you have to you have to make sure first and foremost that he has the awareness, you know, to get into areas you don't want him um, in positions where he's going to get kicked or anything like that. And we also obviously managed the game as well in terms of what game we were going to introduce him in. And, and obviously last night was a good good platform for us to, to, to put him out there because obviously we were a few goals that were good and, you know, the other team was tired towards the end of the game as well, which means that, you know, is he wasn't probably going to get, get into as much physical battles. And, you know, as I said, he come on and, you know, he touched the ball 11, 12 times, didn't give the ball away once and the whole time he was on. He, he assisted a goal and he probably should have scored a goal. He, he, he connected with a shot with his left foot and he probably connected it with it too well if he had scuffed it and went into the net. Mm. You'll be hoping uh, to keep him for as, for as long as possible, I'm sure, but uh, have the scouts been sort of having, sniffing around a they bit? They will be now. you have pepsing <laughs> at the next game, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, there's been lots of there's been lots of interest, as I say, from from he's been a young age, from he's been eight, but obviously with the rules and everything else in England, I think it's fourteen now that yeah. that he they can't go over a sign or whatever till that age. So, you know, obviously that's that's prevented him from from getting over a lot. So, but there's definitely been lots of people who are here continually keeping an eye on him, and you know, and that's been from his eight years of age. Fantastic, and it's not gone to his head. You say he's a good he's he's a good lad. He's he's not getting carried away with all this publicity. That's the one reason why I think he has a has a great chance because he's from a humble family. Um, his his father, believe it or not, was a was a YTS at Hearts and and didn't make it, you know, and and got released at eighteen. So he knows the the how tough it is to become a professional footballer, and and that's the one thing that his dad instills in him, and the family instills in him. And you know, we if you meet him, he's a he's the quietest kid in the world, but you know, he has this confidence when he goes onto the football field. He's not he isn't arrogant. He's just got a a confidence in his ability and and. But off the pitch, he's, he he doesn't say boo to a ghost. Um, he's very, very, very quiet, and you know, he's a as I said, he's a humble kid who who works very, very hard at everything he does, even at school. You know, at football, he plays Gaelic football as well. You know, he's he's just dedicated to everything he does. 
Fantastic. Well, good to talk to you, Gary. Pass on our best uh, to Christopher. It's a great achievement. And thanks for joining us. No problem. No problem. Thank you. Gary Hammond there, the mm. Glenarvan manager. Um, yep, and well done it's to Chris Rafferty. to watch, I think. 13 years, 329 days, a British record, the world record, Andy, happened uh, in Liberia in the fourth division. I know you follow the Liberian fourth yes, division. One of my so I feel it wrong interests. to even tell you. It was in the Guru Haifa FC match yeah. uh, when they brought an 11 year old Eric Godpower Marshall. I remember him. Yeah, Tremendous. I know you're a big fan. You thought we'd train on, <laughs> and let's hope he has. 11 years old. So, uh, But a British record set last night in Northern Ireland in the League Cup. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. You may be aware that the Professional Footballers Association uh, own the uh, Ellis Lowry painting going to the match. They bought it uh, for £1.9 million um, a few years. What, about 19? Was it late 90s? I should check the date, really. Anyway, we'll find they out. They got a lot of criticism, didn't they, over it the did. years? People mm. used to suggest that uh, you know, it was wrong that uh, they should have a, a piece of work like this. It would sit in Gordon Taylor's office. But it was a canny investment, clearly, because mm. it looks like it's going under the hammer next month and could fetch £8 million. Now, Larry, uh, this is his most famous uh, football painting, but there was a number of them here to tell us more about that. From my art broker, the managing director, Charlotte Stewart. Good afternoon, Charlotte. Hi there. Hi, guys. So this, I mean, on the face of it, this was a canny investment by the, the PFA. I mean, at the time, $1.9 million, was that was that a, a good price or did they sort of pay over the odds? I mean, it's all about market value at the time. Um, I think, as you say, it was a very, very canny investment. Um, I mean, what makes it so special is it's absolutely quintessential Lowry. And it's about emotion and the anticipation and the crowd witnessing something together. Um, it just makes it a really special work. And, you know, t- only time will tell if if it really, really was a, a quite an extraordinary investment. I love the feeling of movement of the crowd and the anticipation of the match. You know, that excitement, he really captures that, I think. He really, he really does. I mean, and I think this is why this painting of all of them, I mean, there's sort of three reasons why this painting 
is quite so special. And, and firstly, because exactly as you say, it typifies exactly what Lowry does in these works where he brings emotion and crowds. Those are the two things that he's most obsessed with is emotion and crowds. And, and if you put those two things together, you basically get football, don't you? Um, you know, you, you get that total sense of something being a communal, um, a communal emotion. Um, and 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 the, secondly, I think you know Larry was a huge football fan himself, namely a Manchester City fan. Um, but he was a frequent visitor to the Bolton Wanderers Football Club, um, and also you know that was the site of the of the Burden Park disaster in 1946. Yeah, he was, um, he was a City fan, wasn't he? Though Larry he was, although he went to Burden Park, he, he was a Manchester City fan apparently. He was indeed. Mm. Um, but the Burden Park disaster, I think, you know, an extra piece of this story with the painting. So obviously it happened in 1946 and it's a change the crowd control rules um, afterwards. So, you know, the site itself has that emotional, um, poignant meeting yeah. meaning as well. It was 1999 that the PFA bought it. Mm. Uh, and at the time it was, a, it was a, I think, a record paid uh, for a Lowry painting. So, I mean, they obviously, they could, I don't know if it was bought because it felt mm. it was the right thing to do because it was the PFA or they did see it as something that would be a huge investment because, six, you know, £6 million going into the union is a huge amount of money, potentially. Absolutely. I mean, the the, the most, it's it's not, it, if it sells for eight, it will certainly break a record. Um but it's not quite there yet. I mean, you know, the, the joint first with Larry's most expensive painting ever sold um, was another football match work, the, the football match in name, um, which sold for 5.6 million um, wow. in 2011. Um, and then it joint place with, with the painting called Piccadilly Circus, which um, did sell for 5.6, but unfortunately sold um, in 2014 for 5.1. So, um you win some, you lose some at auction. Is that hot? That's that's strange, isn't it? Why is that? If if the artist's work is collectible, it seems odd that it would go down in price. As you say, is it just market value at the time? It's it's, it's market value, and and I think you know auction is a, is a strange beast. Um, you you have to work with demand at the time, and ultimately, it's it's always down to whether you've got two bidders in the room or on the phones or or online at that, mm. you know at the right time. Um, and this is, you know, this is the challenge for auction, really. Um, I mean, we, we run a, a private sales platform so that that can't happen, um, because I think that's, you know, that's the biggest issue that the auctions face. And in one sense, it's this wonderful kind of gladiatorial forum of, um, of bidding. Um, but really, no one really knows what's going to happen on the night. It's quite a prize piece, though, I'd imagine. Very yeah, rich people. It could who be. Love I mean, yeah. it's, it's a it's a rarity. Could be it? one of those that goes for more than eight, Charlotte. You often see that in the moment mm. because it is such a coveted uh, sort of Absolutely. football painting. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you look at the the Banksy market, which is um you know very very different from Lowry, but um, game changer, um, which was a which is a work that Banksy made during the COVID pandemic. No one expected that to to hit the height it did. You just never know what's going to happen. It has to be. I think with Lowry's works, especially at the moment, you know they. They're all about, um, you know, the hard graft of industrial life and that moment when everybody just like, you know, shuts off after five and a half days solid working and, and heads to the stadium. Um, and that's mm. something that I think, you know, in this day and age, there's there's this sense of kind of communal emotions and letting go um, 
which I think we can all empathise with. Does um, the current financial market af- af- affect um, what happens in the auction room? I mean, or, or the people spending eight million on a painting not really affected by the cost of living crisis? I guess. No, I not. So I think I think it's a good question. Mm. Um, yeah, I should think the, the core market is is definitely affected. Um, but you know, at the same time, there's a lot of fantastic deals to be had in in a, in a difficult market. Um, so you get a lot of activity for certain works. Um, and you know, as you say, people that are that are willing and, and able to spend eight million, um, you know, are, are probably less affected. Sure, I'm a big fan of the TV show Fake or Fortune, and uh, just wonder, uh, is Lowry much faked? I would imagine that he is in a certain sense. Any any market that um, has significant investment value is heavily faked. Um, I think you know, there's there's specific markets that you have to be really really careful in. Um, the banksy market is an area that you have to be careful in, but luckily they have something called pest control authentication, which allows for buyers and sellers to be absolutely sure of what they've got. Warhol is another area that's really on the up. And um, there's a lot of fakes that come out of um, certain parts of the world where they're very, very good at it. Um, so, yeah, any market, there's there's lots and lots of fakes and people are incredibly good at it. Uh, I see that um, going to the match won a, a prize in 1953, a football and fine art competition, and uh, Larry won uh, uh, the princely sum of two hundred was it two hundred and fifty pounds. Um, was he one of those artists that didn't make a great deal of money from his work in his lifetime? He does. He died in 1976, or or was he rewarded for what he did? I mean, nothing like where, um, yeah, he wasn't uncelebrated like some of the greats were, um, but, you know, nothing like the sort of value that we're looking at now. Um, I think, you know, these paintings would have been sold for around £250. So, yes, it's it's, def- it's definitely a mark-up on that. Um, but, no, he did have notoriety during his lifetime. Well, look, good to talk to you, Charlotte. Thanks very much for that, and we'll, we'll keep an eye on, on the auction and, and see what it sells for. Maybe we'll talk again. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Thanks, guys. Managing Director at My Art Broker there, Charlotte Stewart, on Going to the Match. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. There we are. That was this afternoon's yes. show. Uh, I won't be here actually until probably until Tuesday now, but uh, Andy, you'll be back on Friday with Charlie. I will. And, and uh, uh, Charlie will be here tomorrow with um, Perry Groves. So we do hope you can join the guys tomorrow from one when, of course, there is an England squad announcement. So uh, thanks very much for your company. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 